episode of Chatty Broads with Becca and Jess. I tried to slurp it. It didn't really work. No, it's hard out of these little... It was like it, was like it more, did more of a kissing tops. sound. Mm-hmm. Good morning, broads. Good morning. Well, we are recording in the morning, which again is unusual for us, but we are also recording Monday morning because... What, but what I'm trying to say is that we're not doing Bachelor at recap right now no we're not we're deviating it's a deviation to accommodate yours truly yes for you know a life event coming up very big life event it's a very big life event um i will be going to oaxaca um i will be going to oaxaca for a surf trip somehow miraculously this has been allowed and granted by the powers that be. Mm. And so Evan and I need to uh, adjust the bro schedule to do this. So I appreciate your guys's understanding. You know, this was one, you know, when you write emails, this was something that's, that I've yeah. been trying to do a lot is when you go, um, there's times where it's like, if you lapse on a response, instead of saying, Oh, like my apologies for whatever. It's yeah. just, I appreciate your patience. Yeah, right. It's a way of saying like, <laughs> I didn't even see this email and now I'm just seeing it now. And Thank I, you but for it, make, it makes it sound like you've been pondering it and working on it and like really putting a lot of effort into it. I just like the, instead of being like, yeah, it took me for fucking ever to get back to you. My bad. I didn't even it know this email just... was here until I researched someone else's name and it's the same first name as yours. And then this email popped up and I had no idea it was here. Bless Apologies. you for your, bless you for your patience, you saint. <laughs> you are God's chosen one. You're so grounded. So you get to go to Oaxaca, man. That's gonna be exciting. I do get to go to Oaxaca. I'm very excited. It is, however, it is hurricane season, so that's gonna be interesting. What does that mean? Just like big it waves, means, or like it could be like it could be blown out the whole so time. With, it's a combo. It's prime time in terms of like the storms that are creating the swell. Yeah. So it should be quite fun while we're there. But then with that, it's gonna be ninety-one degrees and thunderstorming so it's gonna be really really tropical it's extremely tropical except like when that happens it's like oh at 6 a.m it's like cloudy kind of cloudy skies and thunderstorms happening Mm -hmm. and then it's tropics after that is there any danger surfing when there's thunderstorms i have no idea i feel like i don't think so like on a lake i know that you don't want to be swimming in the water okay why just because it's smaller body water and you can get zapped yeah, I don't know. I do, isn't it like you can't be on a boat? It, it being in a boat in a thunderstorm being on a dangerous? boat is bad. I think it's because and you're when you know lightning is attracted to things that are standing out. So if you're in a large lake, like a large sure. flat body of water, <coughs> and then you happen to be like the one elevated thing on like a piece of metal, right? A conductor, like highly, yeah. Then that's probably so you bad. shouldn't be on a metal board. But then I also, but then this is what's never, I've never, you know, like if you throw electricity into a bathtub, okay, that's bad. Yeah. You don't want to do that. Right. It's like water is a conductor or whatever. Yeah. But then like, what about all the fish? Are your fish just like not, if lightning strikes water, shouldn't it just zap everything inside of it? It probably zaps a local area. So there's a, if there's a school of fish right where it hit, it probably zapped them pretty good. Like it's just all of a sudden a bunch of dead fish. Probably. You think? Probably. Probably like like a certain amount of a certain area, maybe twenty feet. Who knows? I don't know. But when they show like water and electricity, it's like all of the water is electrified. So like, what be, about the ocean? No, but I don't think it's that big. Like I'm one, sure it has throw like a the, toaster in the ocean the and kill everything in it away. Right, like a bath is only just this much water, not very big, and a toaster has a lot of electricity per cubic whatever of water but like uh, the ocean's so big so i'm sure like the electricity if you were to see it it'd go boosh and you'd see it go out and then fade away over you know what i mean like i don't know what the amount it would dissipate but 
This is stuff we really should get into too, have Chatty you Bros. Ever, this is important this shit. Is, I was just thinking, I was like, I wish we could have like a sixth grade physics teacher here. <laughs> just to like, explain just, because this is the level we operate on. Yeah. Other podcasts have like big scientists on it. And we're like, we need sixth need, grade. Like, the, just the sixth grade Los Angeles unified. What about, um? have you ever seen scars from people who have been zapped by lightning? No. It's really cool. It's cool scars. They're they, like, very look- cool scars. Yeah. They fractal out like that. Whoa. Like, um, it's a very like natural pattern, Whoa. but they like, you know, it's like when lightning, it, I mean, you just kind of have to see it, but it, it creates these like, like a root system. Exactly. And so you'll see it like down people's arms and they like, like it almost looks like henna, like wow. faded, like darker henna. And it just sort of like goes all down the arm. And then you could say, I got this sleeve from God. Mm-hmm. Who's your tattoo artist? God. God. Here's uh, they self. I mean, you don't know who God is. Could be in us. They always show that as a thing. God's got to be, you know, singular. Yeah, well, that's that's definitely like, uh, what do you call it? Like our, us just drawing God. Can't be. <laughs> you know, that's why every, every Jesus picture is sexy Jesus. It's like Jesus is like a, a, a surfing model. Why, why not make double Doubled as the Christ. Why not make him sexy? It's a smart move. It's good marketing. It makes sense though. Of like, if we're going to be like, if it is our image, if we are made in God's image, why wouldn't he make, why would he not be? Why wouldn't his son be like the, the sexiest ever? of like sex symbol. <laughs> yeah. Like just like the sexiest dude ever. Dude. I mean, probably. I mean, think about <laughs> I like it. the idea of like God sending like a prophet or something and they're always just the hottest people you've think ever about seen. his trade think about his trade you know what women really like carpentry handyman handyman so he's a hot handyman he's a hot ass handyman and he's like it, excuse me miss is your door jammed and they're like what? you gotta think about it. at the time carpentry was like the only handyman skill you needed we're not laying pipe we're not doing electrical work you, you know like, like every this? single person was a handyman like every single thing everyone did was like made by them yeah. like and there was no stores there were no nails either they just did they they you know dovetailed everything it was really fine work that they were doing <laughs> 2500 years but ago if he were today the man would be fitted with all kinds of skills. He'd have the full MEP licensing. You know what I'm talking about? He could like do your mechanical, electrical, plumbing. This is a good this is a good question. If Jesus came today, what would he do? It would be like carpentry was probably like a thing back then where it was like, oh, everyone needs these things. But nowadays we have like, you know, commercial distribution. So like what is his what is his job? I would today? have his handyman truck say instead, you know how people have the like WWJD things? Yeah. It would be like WC jd what can't jesus do and then he would have all the household amenities on there like that would be his truck squeaky hinge jesus can fix that oh leaky pipes does your sink stink you know yeah what do you i think jesus would be a um commercial real estate investor because you know those guys are all over He's a home you, flipper. <laughs> you know those guys are all over uh, like Instagram, being like, "Hey, what's up, guys? New property out and whatever." He's he'd a con- be, yeah, he'd be a real estate guy. He's a real estate contractor. Like yeah. always, his credits always almost at its limit. Yeah, he's a real estate guy. <laughs> what do you think he'd be? What, he would definitely wear wraparounds. What's that? The Oakleys, like the oh the Oakley my style. god. He would for sure because he'd be have to be cool, Jesus. That's not cool. It, Evan, we've gone over no, this. No, we haven't gone over this. I was proven wrong only in that, like, some people were telling me Did that someone still... People were just telling me... It was 50-50. People were like, Oakleys are lame. And then a lot of people were like, no, Oakleys are still alive and well. But then you but then you wore a pair of knockoff Oakleys on the last episode. Now, and we all agreed that you looked really cool. Now, I can't handle the fact that I looked cool in it. But did it doesn't someone, mean they're cool. Did some, like, kids say something to you while you were wearing those? <laughs> no, no, I just think... I haven't seen them out. You know what I mean? I have a, I love the one comment of like, <laughs> they're absolutely massive in golf. I don't understand how Evan could step on a golf course and not see guys wearing Oakleys. Now, because here's, here's the issue to me. Or have your brother work in golf and like not yes. back me no, up on here's this. He's the an issue. avid listener, right? Here's the issue. No. Here's the <laughs> issue. The issue <laughs> is that Oakleys changed their ways they pulled a fast one because oakley's made glasses that look more like regular glasses 
Yeah, they have like so reading glasses that's, and or stuff. Just, or just kind of like the normal square thing. Mm-hmm. So then those aren't Oakleys to me. No, they're not. So if, so if those are prevalent all over golf, sure. But the classic no. bike rider version is not Evan, very prevalent. Oh my gosh, I cannot believe we're having to, I'm having to prove my point again. <laughs> golf, Oakley. No, I'm sure some guys wear them. But some none of the guys. hot new guys, none of the cool guys wear them. Seriously? Maybe some old OGs. Maybe like Adam Scott wears them. Okay, let's see here. Pros who wear Oakleys. Pro golfers. Let's just do that. And this is going to include... Yeah, they're all over 40. This is going to include Live Golf and... Um, and I also don't include anyone on over 40. Because that's like... They were... That was their time. They're still wearing this stuff from their time. I'm talking about younger people who are wearing Oakleys. I'd love to see that. Well, I don't know. I'm on. I'm going on to Oakley.com. <laughs> Dude, ditch it. We're done. I win. I want to see. Um, no, that's not how that works. <laughs> that's how that works. You can't prove it within two seconds. I win. It's your internet. I, I'm not even on your internet. It's the <laughs> it's the service back here. What happened? I thought we were on 5G and oh, everyone, all the birds were dying because of 5G. Where's my I, connection? Listen. All right. I'm on cricket wireless. You don't win, but I'm going to abandon the search. I win. Okay. Well, frauds, even though we're deviating from bachelor becca wonderful becca my wonderful second half uh put a feeler out on her instagram for uh questions that you guys might have for evan and i and so i have those questions question time normally evan's the question guy but today i get to be drunk with power and control the episode don't don't let it get to your head it's gonna be it's already it's gonna be exhausting and just absolutely addictive it has gotten to my head um first question are you ready i'm ready have you ever been arrested oh it's it's tough i have been handcuffed and put in the back of a police car for two hours we went we this happened to you in mexico this happened last time i was in mexico and it happened to you in mexico right uh, uh no i've been i've been handcuffed in mexico but not put in the back of the car i've been handcuffed and put in the back of the car in america but never taken to the station and booked so I don't call that what it is. I've I was been, I've been detained, not arrested. It's so scary. I've been de- I was fully booked last right. time I was in right. Oaxaca. Did you get a mugshot? They're probably, probably going to flag me. No, they were not. It was not like I'm in a spiral notebook somewhere. Okay, so then and then in America you had a in America I have never been arrested, mm, never detained, nothing. never handcuffed. I've been really close. Yeah, like but in, it's always just been conversations. Yeah. But extremely close many times. Right. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah, but I don't I cops here really scare me. I've luckily never had to deal with the deal with that. Okay, broads, interrupting the bros. So the more you know about your health now, the more proactive you can be about it for the future. So you can live your happiest, healthiest life, which is just one of the reasons we love Everly Well so much. They have developed a digital healthcare platform complete with over 30 self-administered at-home tests that put you back in control of your health and wellness. If you hear the words lab test and you immediately start thinking big scary needles and cold offices, you're not alone. I feel that I think of that immediately and I hate it, but Everlywell is the alternative. They're proof that it doesn't have to be that way. Well, not all the time anyway. So you go to Everly Well's website. You go through the selection of their tests to see what you might want to take. They've got all kinds of t- uh, tests. They have STI tests, sleep and stress tests, dozens of others. And then when your test arrives, you just collect your sample using the supplies in the kit. You send it back with a prepaid shipping label. It's super easy. And in just a few days, you'll have your physician-reviewed results sent to your device. If your results are something you want to share with your primary care doctor, you can do that easily from your EverlyWell test results. And you can even get recommended supplements based on your results from specific tests that may help you improve aspects of your health. The entire process is just so seamless and makes it so easy to take the best care of yourself. I truly could not believe how fast my Everlywell results came when I took my tests. I didn't even know it was possible to get them that quickly. We love Everlywell. For listeners of the show, Everlywell is offering a special discount of 20% off in an at-home lab test at everlywell.com slash chatty. That's everlywell.com slash chatty for 20% off your next at-home lab test. Everlywell.com slash chatty. Thoughts on Pete and Kim's breakup. 
Wait, who's that? Kim Kardashian. Oh, okay. I was thinking I can't. Bachelor. I was like, I do not know who you're talking about. Pete, okay. What's his last name? Davidson. Pete go. Davidson, Kim Kardashian's breakup. I'm kind of sad about it because I thought they were dope. I thought they had like a weird dynamic that was like you never in a million years saw that coming. And then it kind of worked and they seemed to be like having a blast. And I felt like he was like a player who was out there like with lots of girlfriends and he finally met his like, you know, his like, like Kim Kardashian is like an icon, right? So he finally, and then she met this guy who's like chill and isn't like trying to like take over the world. You know what I mean? Like, like, like Pete Davidson isn't like a maverick. Mm-mm. he's just a chill dude who's funny you know what i mean and, and so it's like and she's a maverick she's like i want to take over the world so i just felt like this could be cool like this kind of and i I like their vibe it was a very cool vibe were to you me. watching kardashians i wasn't i mean i saw some saw some clips here and there and I, every clip i was like that's a cool vibe yeah they always seemed like i don't know watching it with becca she seemed like she was really excited about it but she's, then yeah this kind of blew my mind was i was talking to becca about it and she's like well kim's 42 right no shade but i was like how old is he like 30 something 20 he's younger than we are dude. he's in his 20s oh he's like 28 29 yeah he's like late 20s but so I it's guess like for he's me, a baby he's a little baby boy for her yeah but what 12 years 13 years i guess that's and she's he looks he's older like six, than she does and he's like six he five looks like 40 something she looks late 20s early 30s i feel like when you reach celebrity status at that level too like age doesn't matter anymore because you you've lived so much more life than most people anyways like you've seen things you'll people will never see you've done things people will never do and the only people you can relate to are people like you that's so to me i don't i wonder what happened what what i bet it came down to is the fact that like you know we're talking about relatability because of like age or like how you what your lifestyle is a big thing is having kids and not having kids right like oh yeah you have friends that don't have kids they're children well they just can't relate to you you can't relate to them because you could you can't even relate to your own self who who ha- didn't have kids like if you ran into yourself without kids you wouldn't be able to relate to yourself so for me it's like she has multiple children she's 15 years older than him and, or whatever 12 13 and he's you know what i mean so he's younger no kids and she's like a world dominating maverick so it's like I wonder if it came down to the kid life, to like is the father sober? life. I want to say he is. He looks like someone who'd be sober to me. Well, no, I know he had like a lot of, like he's, well, I think he's like a monstrous weed smoker. Like he's like that guy. And then I think he's gone in and out of rehab, but I'm pretty sure he's sober for, I think he's California sober. Okay. I love that term. Yeah. He's California sober, but like I could imagine that like after time, she'd look at him and be like, okay, you're just not like on that level of like, having raised three kids or whatever, you know, where it's just like at some point you're still just like single guy running around and I'm on this like level of like, I don't know who knows. Or she just got tired of him and kicked him and just broke up with him. Who knows? You know, dude, I but have I'm a little a, bummed about it. I thought it'd be cool. Yeah. I thought they could have been this like secret power couple out of nowhere. I mean, the big question is what's next for Pete? Because she elevated his. That's true. Status. He can no longer date like random, like, um, but that would be the move it'd be like if he goes from dating Kim Kardashian to dating like the Starbucks girl that would be cool to I honestly agree I think it should go you know, instead of dating like other famous girls he should date like someone random who's not even in the business dude my buddy was um my friend was he is a vet and he started he had an I'm not gonna not gonna name drop, but he started dating an A-list. Oh yeah, I remember hearing about this. Because he fixed, he was just like helped, he helped her. She uh, had had like bad diagnoses for like her dog, and he was just like, you don't need surgery, you don't need to do any of this. And her animals just are like, like the epitome of her loves life. Loves her the Most important thing. Yeah. yeah, and then he was just like, you just need to change this medication or some shit. It was like some really simple fix that he was like, do this, and then basically from that interaction. I forget how, but they started dating. But Are they still together? Like, yeah. And really? she's like a massive right, yeah, yeah, A-lister. Yeah. And he was just like some regular dude that she'd had some run-in with. So weird. Mundane situation. And then just like vibed on, they just vibed on the attitude. And it's like super, super wild. But like this shit happens. But like I would be like, just a counterpoint to it. It's like, yes, there are relatability on like 
how your work life is, what your day to day is. But all of that shit is really like actually pretty surface level when it comes down to things like yes but they both don't have kids on things no they both the don't kid have kids thing to me is like completely kids different is, kids is not surface though i'm just no, saying yeah, i see what you're saying you're saying like yeah. wealth and versus whatever like kim being you know basically like global global arist- like she's an aristocrat yeah, at this level she's basically like a a world dominating she's an like, empress yes a hundred percent um Anyway, she could still be grounded. She could still have, you yeah. know, she could also be humor. like, oh, I just want to stay in at night and chill, and I'm not looking to like be razzle dazzle anymore. Mm-hmm. But it's the kid thing. I guarantee you, it's the kid thing. It's yeah, such absolutely. a differentiating a factor. It's such a differentiating factor. You'd have to be looking at that of like, what kind of influence are you going to be like on my kids? I bet if he had kids of his own, it would work better. It would be different. Yeah, just because that it's it's the filter you put every decision through is through kid filter. Right now, well, how am I going to get the kid? Are we going to make sure that that and da, 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 da. But if you're not even thinking in terms of that, and he's what I'm going to coin right now is a slip and slide dad, where like he's in the situation. If there's a slip and slide out, we're Pete's, having a good time. He's your good guy. He's the good thing. If there's like rear dynamics happening of like you know you actually need someone to step in or like be in that in that moment, it's like maybe that's not slip and slide dad's time. Maybe you need more more stable guy. Could have just been as simple as, hey, I needed something to distract me from my breakup. Had fun with this guy. It was a blast. Everything's cool. But, you know, we both knew it wasn't going to last and it's not a serious thing. Yeah. But the fact that they're the two of the most famous people in the world, everyone puts a lot of pressure well, on it. Well, he but it wasn't just... until he started dating her. He was just like some, right? Pete, Pete Davidson? No, Pete Davidson was an absolute A-list celebrity before. Why? He was a absolute... A-A-A-list celebrity From before he why? started. But Peril, why? Did- uh, SNL, he was the biggest guy on SNL at the time. He was in movies everywhere. He was dating nothing but super famous girls. He was like, he was like heartthrob A-list celeb before. He, Kim just stratospherically. What is it him, about? He was absolutely okay, A-list. This isn't a, this isn't a slight. It's just a general, a general question I'm throwing out in the world. Peril, why? Because he looks like... A slightly more he looks like a young steve buscemi yeah but he's like i think he's like cool you know he's he, like if you ever listen like i think he's like very cool like he's just so kind of like tattooed no he's like you know what he is? smoking steve buscemi <laughs> yeah right no he's he's just like i think he's like he he was the guy who brought in a different vibe on snl staten island vibe but also just a chill not trying too hard not theater guy like stand-up comedian different style that kind of related to a lot of younger people and then once that and then that catapulted him into kind of being like popular with all the young people so i think he was like the guy that ushered the 20 somethings into like snl again and then catapulted on that like he was also like a cultural icon so he would be best friends with like rock stars and hang out with the you know what i mean he was kind of like he became a cultural, he became kind of a Kim Kardashian in a way of like, he must just he, be, he became bigger than his role and just became a cultural person. He must just be very cool then. Well, that's the thing. He must just be like cool guy. Well, check this out. The legend about Pete Davidson is that like all these women don't necessarily look at him right away and go like, that's my guy. And then they meet him. And apparently he's just, his energy is so BDE that it's like, w- like all these people like ariana grande like was like didn't even think about it then met him on the set and was like and they were dating like a week later kim kardashian was like i gotta meet this guy because i've heard all these legends and then like meets him and then they're dating like apparently he's got this like magnetic energy that like people lose their minds for maybe we should try to have pete on <laughs> like how that's an option and for i'll get to Let's ask get him pete. be like what's the what's and then we so can, pete, i just wanted to sense your bd why do you think you're so successful because i personally <laughs> don't understand it I think he's very likable. He's kind of like he's kind of like the new evolution of Jimmy Fallon. It's like if Jimmy Fallon was cooler and like smoked weed. That's another person where I'm like, when Jimmy Fallon was on SNL, he could never not laugh. But that's in a what made skit. him likable. But what the fuck? Your whole job is to not laugh. <laughs> no, your job, no, your job skit. is to bring You're ratings. Your it. job is to bring ratings in, and he he's a likable guy. He is. He is a li- when he did. He's corny now. Like as he, he got older, he's a little corny. At the start of COVID, I have to say he did a great job transitioning his talk show or whatever. Where he like was doing it, he was doing it from like his kid's treehouse. Right. It's creative. And he like, yeah, that shit was funny. Um, but he laughs through every single one of his skits, which is like, you're not supposed to do that. Okay. Anyway, whatever. So those are our thoughts on Pete and Kim. Um, 
this is a question. Um, well, I guess this goes both ways. What is an unpopular opinion you have? Oh, well, I'm, I've already got that ready. And by the way, I didn't know these questions. Yeah, Evan doesn't. I'm cold. I'm just throwing these out. Evan cold. And I already, got it, I already got it ready. Go. If you know me, you know I'm a big anti-water guy. Yeah, what the hell? <laughs> okay, okay. So this is a theory. And I don't know. I think Jess has talked about it. I don't know if she's talked about it or if she's just talked about like um, how we don't drink a lot of water. And uh, I always felt like, you know, this deep burning desire in my heart that like the world needs to know what the truth is. No, I'm kidding. But I've just never drank a lot of water. Like when I when I would play a sport or something, I drink a lot of water. But everyone always around me is drinking tons of water, like gallons of water and these big jugs of water. And I'm always sitting to myself going like, why are you drinking so much water? And I was like, okay, I only drink when I'm thirsty. If I'm thirsty, I drink water and I drink and I drink and I feel good. And I'm like done. And then the next time my body goes, Hey, water time, I drink water. Everyone around me is drinking water nonstop. I don't see any difference in their life. If I, I've gone on water drinking kicks where I'm like, okay, I'm going to commit to it. I'm going to drink a, let's say even a half gallon a day. And I'll do it for like weeks and then be like, no difference in my life. And I'm going, okay, I don't think like if my pee is turning clear, mm -hmm. right? It means my body's getting rid of it. Like at some point after you flush, after you wipe down the plate and then use soap and water, the plate's clean. But if you just keep wiping it down and wiping it down and wiping it down for hours and at some point it's like the, the plate's been clean hours ago. Say so our body, the mechanics of our body are not like washing dishes. But, okay, <clears throat> do you have a rebuttal to this? Well, science. Careful. Science. Careful. Okay. I just, that's my rebuttal. Is, but what is the science? What do you mean? Well, I'm talking about drinking a lot of water, people. I'm not talking about not drinking water. I'm saying the like the the new culture because this wasn't this is all new the new culture of like having a gallon of water with you a day and you're peeing every five minutes so i here's what i think there's a big difference between like a lot of this is stemming from like um physical like okay so i'm going to try to try to collect my thoughts here right now but like my my exposure to the water drinking that you're talking about yes. is through like athletes uh, and if you're expelling that much water, yes, you need well, to replenish. Well, it's not even about expelling water. It's more so like how your muscle regeneration happens and like how important water is to your body when you're putting that much stress. Got and it. And like water is like the number one step towards like recovery. Right. So like you need it to flush your system. 100%. It's sort of exactly like you need it to expel it. So, like, it's the most important thing for, like, recovery for, like, pan all sports. Got it. Is just water. Right. And then I think, like, culturally, we look at, like, pros, like, pro athletes of any kind as being, like, that's where I'm going to get all my health information yeah. from. Is this professional athlete. Got Whose it. job, mind you, right. is to work out. And who's burning 3,000 calories a day. Endlessly, yeah. So you think that and people... And so they're like, oh, number one first step towards like a healthy recovery post-workout is like drink water, a shitload of water all the time to drink water. And don't drink like caffeine, don't drink sugar, don't all these other things because those are inflammatories. So if you're drinking water to like flush your system of like lactic acid or like this buildup that's like an inflammation that makes you feel stiff and sore, then like you don't want to be compounding that with things like red meat, sugars, like caffeine, for instance, nicotine, like all of that shit is a big inflammatory on your system. So like you just want to do without all of that. So it's like the whole goal is to like anti-inflame. Let's get but back to the water the, though. If you're the regular ass person. That's what I'm saying. Works like, out a little, works out three days a week, normal person. Becca's always showing up to work with a gallon of water. I'm going. Here's the new one so for me. Overkill here. This is the new one. So personally, I just enjoy. I drink sparkling water. Love sparkling water. 
Flat I water, love sparkling water. Flat water is... <laughs> no, I love sparkling water, but I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the like... I'm not talking about what you enjoy. I'm not talking about any of that. I'm talking about the the, the idea that you need to be drinking. Okay, here's a good example. I'm in physical therapy for my knee right now. Mm-hmm. Go a couple days a week to this, tell you to drink a lot of to water. To this place, you know, that's like really like all the athletes in there and stuff like that. I get done and the lady goes, how much water are you drinking? And I go, yeah, I drink a couple cups a day. And she goes, you need to be drinking a gallon of water a day. That's insane. And I'm just like, look, I'm like, you know how many times I've heard that from someone that I need to be drinking a gallon of water you a day? You don't need to be. The people I know who drink a gallon of water a day are taking creatine and they're like. They're working out for four hours muscle a day. Muscle building. Yes. Yeah. Like seriously. So how much water do you think I should be drinking a day? Honestly, like probably, I mean. I feel like if you're drinking other drinks throughout your day. Yeah, coffee. Probably like four cups. Okay, thank you. See, I feel like there's a little bit of rational. Okay, like so reasonable- I did some research on this. Because everyone, everyone I talk to argues with me about this. When I'm in rehearsals and I have five band members, they all got a big old jug of water next to them. They're all drinking the, the you know, proverbial, uh, 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 what, what would you call it? Uh, punch or juice, whatever. Yeah. So then the, I'm the Kool-Aid Kool-Aid. So then I go on to, I start Googling. I get Harvard medical journal McGill. I got, no, there's like Ivy league schools that are talking about water. Cause I just am Googling like how much water should I be drinking every day? Should I be drinking a gallon of water? Like I'm just answering the questions, dude, like Harvard medical journal is going, there is no evidence to support <laughs> drinking an excess of water does anything to your system that the like toxins, all that flushing, like there's no evidence to support any of that. There's even no evidence to support that when your pee turns clear, that's necessarily a good thing. And there's also almost no evidence to support that drinking tons of water helps your metabolism. And if it does help your metabolism, it's like percentage of percentage. So I don't know anything about it was like, any of it that. It was like, they basically said like, Post like if you're not like a working athlete, post like one glass of water at each meal. Post that like there's very little evidence to support that like any more than that will do anything. So so I just want you all to know there's a bit of victory for me. I've been fighting this battle for a long time and I feel a little bit victorious and it's controversial. I get crushed all the time for this idea. Well, here's there's a couple things I want to say is (laughs) we're in a drought. There's another everywhere. Exactly. No one is, you know what, unless you, you're not special enough to be drinking a gallon of water a day. Save the water. Yeah. Like these guys you're working with, they're musicians. They don't need a gallon of water every day. That's absurd. Drink a gallon of milk. (laughs) Said the doctor in 1952. (laughs) Drink something else. Drink chocolate milk. It's mostly water. That was another thing too. The the article was saying that like, you do get tons of water from all these other drinks. Yeah. Even alcohol, they were saying. But alcohol also dehydrates you. Yeah, but, you know, dehyd- good to have a good time, get I a little like hydration. A, nice, a BL smooth. <laughs> anyway, I that's like my controversial go, opinion. What's yours? Do you, um, well, I was trying to think about my controversial opinion that's like not insane, like totally. <laughs> it's not absolutely insane. <laughs> it's not utterly crazy. Um, yeah, I don't. It's hard for me to. Uh, well, let's move on then. To what think about what would be safe for me to <laughs> like, say. Like my controversial opinions will get me arrested. Mine might actually get us in trouble. Yeah. Um. Okay. Oh, Gray's thoughts on microdosing. You know microdosing? I've done it a little bit here and there, with mushrooms. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How does it work for you? Do you like it? Yeah, I, it feels like Adderall. Well, are like, you microdosing for like... I feel like, focused. I feel, I feel like um, very like in the moment. I feel compassionate. It's not like... I don't feel Adderall like does that. But I mean, it, it, just the focusness. No. I feel like I'm extremely... Um, like just all the all the excess stuff's kind of shaped How many off. days in a row were you doing it? Not a lot. Just okay. a couple. I don't know. I've you've, like, you've done it kind of regularly? Well... This is my issue is I'm like, I'm debating, um, I'm debating starting like SSRIs. Oh, so you're trying to find some difference. Well, I don't, Becca's more on like the, let's try to find some alternatives. 
So we're not going to get into all that, but she was like, what about micro dosing? And I, my, th I was just like, look, like I have, cause she's like, you really like psychedelics. Right. And I was like, yeah, but that's the problem is I don't think I'll ever have a relationship with the, like you like to party. Not, it's, it's not like a, it's not like you're one with the mushroom. Well, you're like, I, I like to have a good time. Well, and this was like, I used to like to have a good time doing that. Oh. I probably take like a psychic, like I'm probably taking like a full, do like even taking any amount of that stuff yeah. anymore, like once a year. Oh, okay. Maybe. Um, a little too much. Yeah. I mean, I just, I partied, I ate a lot of that stuff when I was younger and then it like my, I think my relationship to it just like really shifted mm. of like, I don't know, but the idea of, taking it as like a micro dose like every day is like it works for other people and like definitely not going to like smash on what's working for other people because like there's all how many documentaries out about this stuff yeah. now of like there's a lot of case studies of like this is good it's like you see a lot of like you know ptsd treatment coming from this i don't think it would be the best for me to have a giant bottle of mushrooms in the you, can house. Just see, you can see you can see as i walk by like you're eating it's the, you too, know, like, my you know, relationship you know chips. Like, it's so casual for me to just be like oh fuck it like i'll just have like two grams of mushrooms well you tonight. know how you have like chocolate chips in the house yes and you don't it's like oh I'm, these are for my cookies but then you end up just taking handfuls all day long that's gonna be with you with the mushrooms you're like oh, just just grab, like, like, honk. But i know myself enough to be honest of like i have done drugs out of boredom so if you're having, not for like any reason other right. than being like i'm fucking bored i'm just sitting at home watching lord of the rings again or like, you're having a bad day well yeah i mean it's just like i don't that seems like something so easy for me to abuse i Got don't it. think that's what's best for me granted if i could have a healthier i don't know i mean she was making the case of like what if you changed that well it'd be probably a good thing for you to change that relationship because sure. i mean mushrooms aren't like other drugs sure um, but still I was like, eh, yeah. I don't know, hmm. but I think it is positive. Like I would shit. I mean, for, if it works for other people, it's cool. I also just have a stigma of just like everyone and their mother is now sick and fucking taking psychedelics of like, mm. it's definitely gotten popular. What the fuck is up with that? It's like, I think it's just cool. You know, like things come and go cool. Th you know, it's like IPAs. You know, it's or like the Grateful Dead. People were really All into like sudden, IP. Are people into Grateful Dead now, dude? Like, oh, it makes sense because if, if everyone's doing psychedelics, <laughs> every fucking streetwear company has like a Grateful Dead shirt. Yeah, and they're just like crazy. I mean, it's cool. It's good for them. They're having like a, third a resurgence. Resurgence. And John Mayer doesn't hurt, right? But still, it was like, where? What the? Where? you're like where were you when we needed you well it's like anime <laughs> suddenly becoming like extremely popular right. and cool it's like dude you had like when i was a kid i had to lie about that you had a uh, freaking clubs that no one knew you were a part of yeah. and you had to like hide in some teacher's room at lunchtime to like watch or like trade right. books with people you know or like draw right you were just like otherwise you got ridiculed and made fun of and now it's like everyone has stickers of it all over their cars and it's like again super popular like collaboration stuff is like what the fuck dude like i think there's just a lot of destigmatizing going on yeah well you know all these new fans they're not re they they're don't not know what it's fan. like to be know. ostracized that's true they don't know the struggle you know they're not they don't under they've never bled for it they didn't they didn't earn it no, I certainly, certainly don't believe they've ever... I, I never got beat up for liking anime, but I definitely know kids did. Right. It was definitely like a scary yeah, time. You know what? And they're... What would they call it? Like when you're going through a trial, like the... Persecution. They were never persecuted for it. Mm -hmm. And I think they should be. Everyone should go through the gauntlet. Personally. How yeah. much do you really like this thing? How much do you... Do you like it enough to get your ass beat over it? <laughs> <laughs> There's like a bully at the anime store. Just and he's kid. like, he won't let you in. He goes, how much do you want to get in here? You and you got to fight him. You walk out of the anime store and some dude's just waiting to slap the books out of yeah, your hand. Go, and you like, nerd. Call, yeah, call you a nerd. Pull on your fake little foxtail. Yeah. What's that? Have you ever seen like the kids who wear like fake animal things? Like... <laughs> No, I have seen those. So this was like, they were, and this, I have so much respect for like these people. Like I had to, to be like, I their... was very like, I don't want really anyone to, they don't, this is, a, this is not need to know You didn't wear anime. If you ask me, do I like it? I would be like, 
Yeah, it's pretty. You know, it's pretty right, cool. Sure, like I don't Gundam know, Wing, maybe. Gundam Wing is like pretty sweet. You know, Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z is pretty cool. Right. I'd be like that, but then there were kids at my school who like. Lifestyle. You know, they wore the like gloves, like fingerless leather gloves Whoa. and like goggles, like their favorite anime character would wear like goggles on their head all the time. Cool. Never really put them on, but they just had them. Right, right. Like Very, dressing like your favorite character and like going to school like, like that. like steampunk kids or something. So there was a thing of like girl, I normally saw this on girls, but I've seen guys do it, but they would wear like a clip on tail. A clip on tail. Yeah. And you know, I still have a like, it like makes me like want to be like it turned you on or like fox ears like does it turn you on no it doesn't turn me on i'm more so like <laughs> oh like they're gonna someone like a bully's gonna see that and they're gonna pick like, on you what the fuck are you doing right like you don't wear that out of the house dude but but they're on some next level shit they're on some next level shit and now everyone's all now like they're cool yeah don't say anything you know it's like that person's doing their thing they're living their life respectfully but it doesn't, it's so easy today to be yourself, to do that. <laughs> it was so much fucking harder. It definitely was, man. Um, <clears throat> what are Becca and Jess's contact names in your phone? Mine just says Jess. Yeah, mine just says Becca. <laughs> um, <laughs> big letdown there. Schnookums okay. baby girl. Uh, who, who inspires you at this point in your life? You can't say Jess. <laughs> Me in five years. <laughs> Just take the Matthew McConaughey quote. Me. Is that what he said? He said it when he was getting like an Oscar speech. He said like, I've always looked, I've always been inspired by myself in 10 years. That like, blows my mind. Um, who inspires me? That's really interesting. Do you have an answer? Uh, yeah. I mean, there's um, there's a girl I'm working with um, for my nonprofit. Her name's Ashima Shiraishi. She's a um, well, she was like she. I guess she still is a pro climber. She's just stopped competing, but she was like a phenom climber at like a really young age. She's still really young. She's like. 19 or 20 oh wow but she just has like a crazy perspective on the world and so at our nonprofit is about creating opportunities um just creating outdoor opportunities for kids where it's like that's a really hard thing to access or impossible in some situations so it's like we raise funds for other organizations that are doing that stuff yeah. so we can just give them funding like we just donated almost 20k to Amazing. a Brooklyn organization that works with the DA's office and they take kids who are like 18 yeah. when they get on parole they have a climbing organization it's like a climbing meetup and the kids get to go climbing and then they have like a group session afterwards where they talk about fear that manifests itself while they're climbing and where else do they experience that same feeling in life like does does your job interview bring up the same uncertainty of yourself as being 20 feet off the ground. Mm. And what are you doing to navigate that feeling 20 feet off the ground to just move your body? Like, is that something you could put, or like, is that a tool that you could implement somewhere else in your life? I think it's an incredible program. And then they, there's also other things that go with it. But so anyway, she's like, when we talk about this stuff, she just brings like a totally different perspective. Mm. And she's, I don't know, I'm like constantly inspired by her. Because she's really, she's like an old person in a really young body. But she's also, what I think is interesting is like, she was on the cover of huge magazines when she was like 12 years old. Phenom. Yeah, she's a literal phenom. <clears throat> and she's like, the sense transitioned those things into like all these crazy other opportunities for herself. She's going to school, like, but she's also like, we were talking where she was like, I don't know if I just want to continue through school, if I want to take time off. So she's going from being at UCLA for a year to being like, now I'm just going to take classes at LA City College through the trade schools. Mm. And she's more interested in like the relationships the trade schools have with like underserved communities because they're usually the ones interacting the most for an education wise. And I was like, what the f like, like, how are you? 20? How are you like this at 20? You know, like naturally. Yeah. So she's like, you know, the other people in this are like, they, um, the founders of Braindead are the other 
people. And so, like, we're all constantly, like, taking a back seat to this, like, kid. And meanwhile, me, meanwhile, me and you were like, you're like, I'm trying to eat, not eat too much mushrooms. And I'm going, like, don't drink water. <laughs> and I'm like, what happened to bullying? What happened to bullying I'm kids? like, don't drink water. You're like, yeah. I like mushrooms. No, she's so like, like, what is the problem with the world? We're the goon squad. <laughs> and then like... she's just bringing it. So, anyway... If, I think she's really cool. She's constantly inspiring me. So I would that's say that's cool. my answer. Nice. Um, okay. Well, I think we only have time for one more. So we got gonna, some, we got a little bit, oh, oh, we I got to got answer. Okay, go. I oh, would yeah, say my like guru kind of therapist guy, Edward. He inspires me. He's like... This is an old guy, right? He's he's, he's almost 80, I think. Mm-hmm. He's amazing. He's just like his whole... Pers- like same perspective thing. He's It's funny because... Normally, I'd be really inspired by like someone who's like out there getting it, you know. And he's the opposite. He's like, if I could have my perfect day, I'd go in my garden and do nothing for twelve hours and just sit there and think, write poetry, and be present, and all these things. And I'm going like, I want, like that is so inspiring to me. Someone who's just kind of like at the end of his life, been like, okay, I've done all these different things, and I realized that like. What matters is being able to just sit in a garden and just like have thoughts and think about things and be artistic and be free in your mind and ponder what makes, you know, beauty and like, you know what I'm saying? It's like this, like at the end of your life, you know, you're probably going to feel something like that where like all the success in the world, all the stuff in the world you've ever accomplished, you're probably going to be like on your deathbed being like, that was, you know what I mean? I can't, all this is all kind of for not a little bit. And so it's like. I'm not saying you shouldn't do those things, but I'm saying it's inspiring to me to talk to someone who is at that stage of life, like definitely the back half or the back fifth. And he's kind of just clearly like his whole energy is not about chasing things anymore. It's just very much about like being in the moment with you and being, you know, and just even sitting, taking time to like write poetry for hours. And like, you know, I don't know. It's just like, it's such a thing we don't prioritize in our life, especially where we live and, you know, there's so much hustle, bustle, and pressure to be successful, or pressure to do this and accomplish this. Where it's like, when I talk to him, it's very inspiring to go like, "Oh my gosh!" Like, you're just telling me to go power the machine down and just be. And it's like, oof, that's like the hardest thing you could tell me to do. <laughs> well, so that's actually that I was gonna not do this question, but it, the one of the questions was, um, uh, fuck, what, do either of you struggle with anxiety, and what are your tricks for coping? And I know both of us have high anxiety. <sighs> but that sounds like, I mean, that to me sounded like a start for a coping thing was like that. Well, pop. it was interesting. So anxiety, I don't, I feel, man, I have a weird relationship with anxiety and depression. Like I can't say that like I necessarily, if I have things in my life that are consistent or to some extent, like if I'm moving, I don't struggle with anxiety or depression. If I'm moving. So if I'm like out and about, if I'm working, if I'm on a trip, if I'm on a hike, whatever, if I'm moving, I don't really experience a lot of, of, of anxiety and depression. It's almost like my mind is calm when it's busy. When I experience anxiety is when I calm down. It's when I feel it start to rise. Cause I think I haven't cleared out whatever's inside. So it's like, I'm le- you know what I mean? It's like the, 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 the noise has been pushing things down. So when the noise rests, all of a sudden, the things that I haven't worked through are coming up, you know? Um, so I wouldn't say that it's like extremely prevalent in my life where no matter what I do, it's like percolating. It's more like when I slow down and I don't have anything to do, sometimes those voices come back. Um, and I've been working on things with him on how to deal with them. And there's a lot of like, concepts we've been working on and how to invite them in actually and not push them away and sit with them and that whole concept but it's interesting how a lot of the work we've been doing is the fact that like my addiction to being busy causes me to never deal with anxiety my anxieties or my things or my traumas or whatever you know yeah it's just it's a coping mechanism i wasn't really even aware of i was doing yeah. I mean, I can get that. I mean, I also feel like there's, I think in some cases, like anxiety is like a driver. Sure. Like if you're super anxious about, you know, it's what like, am I going to do with my life? It's like, you know, go cause for you it. to overdo things or yeah. to be like, 
you know, a perfectionist to me is like someone with high anxiety, mm. um, being like compelled to like have do as much as they possibly can and never feeling like they're doing enough. Yeah, I think a lot of mine is also linked to like, um, like the imposter syndrome stuff of yeah. like, I'm not supposed to be doing this. Or like I'm not you know, at the level I should be or whatever, all that stuff. No, and it's like, you know, someone else could be doing like there's always the like I'm not doing enough or I'm not doing this right or like whatever, even though I'm things are happening, how they you know, it's but like coping wise, I think I'm still trying to figure out what exactly does work for me so far. Like the best things have just been like to making time for myself and not just like seeing my life be about like maintaining the responsibilities I've decided to take on mm. and feeling like everything is about like my sense of self-worth is like so fully linked to like how well am I maintaining how the responsibilities. How are the kids doing? How's Becca doing? Whatever. Like how am I doing as a father? How am I doing as a partner? How am I doing as like, you know, a boss? How am I doing as like, you know, uh, uh, like managing invest, like my managing people's investments in me. That's all stuff where That's it's like, stressor. if yeah, and it's like I could be doing a bunch of things really well, but if I'm not hitting those marks across the board, then like I'm basically you in suck. my mind, I'm like a total fucking loser. Yeah, and you're failure. a failure, right? Hundred percent. And like everyone else is a idiot for like you know being around me, essentially trusting you, investing in you, whatever. Yeah, yeah, for completely. sure, completely. So I've had like a really, I've had to like work hard to like make time, which I'm, I know it's not everyone can do that, but like, I've really had to make time to, to clear out for me, it's the mornings. My mornings are like That's the time. time in which I will go do something for my, whether it's like, you know, surfing that morning or I'm lucky that there's the driving range is down the street from my house. It's a nice, like easy way to get a 30 minutes, 40 minutes of just your you time exactly it's literally 45 surfing's more than 45 minutes but like you know i'm i don't have to go to work till about nine or ten so like if i get up and get out of the house an hour before then the driving range is literally five minutes from my house but just giving me that one hour to just like sit and do something like for me that i think about every like you know when i'm sitting and doing emails i'm like what would i rather be doing than this if I've done that, mm. I can sort of sit with all my other tasks for the day. You don't feel like you're being easier. dragged into it. Exactly. I don't feel like I'm like, you know, missing out okay. on life, I think which is, is a lot of my anxiety is like, is this really what I want to be doing? Is oh, this like what I'm living life for to send this fucking email? Right. Grinding, grinding, grinding. To Do just you, answer your so question. So I have a question like, as a no. dad, because yeah. we're both in a very similar situation. Uh, Do you have guilt whenever you go do something for yourself about like, okay. So for example, Hey babe, can you watch the kids while I go do this fun shit? We always do always have guilt about it. Right. Cause there's this level of like, how much can you enjoy it while you're knowing that your partner's maybe sacrificing for you to do it? I think that's an interesting thing for me sometimes where I need to get better at that, where I, I can fully relax if, if I know everyone's having a good time, but if, I'm having fun knowing someone isn't. I have a hard time like relaxing fully in that moment, if that makes sense. So I I completely relate to that. I think like what I try to do more is think like leading by example for my kids in a way, which is going to sound funny of like me going on like a week long surf trip, for instance. That's a, I mean, you don't have to sell it to me. No, no, no. But like <laughs> last night, it's like working on a sales pitch. I'm bringing in. So like I'm prepping all my, all this stuff is like, it's a small thing, but like the water temperature dictates what kind of wax you're going to use on your board. Sure. So because I'm going down to the tropics, I have to take all of it off my boards. So last night the kids were helping me de-wax the boards that I'm bringing and then it was like all these questions just about like what's going on here and like da 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 da. And then, you know, they're, I have the, they're on the ground and they're running on the boards and like this whole thing. And it's like, yeah, like just exposing them to this opens up this world of like, especially as they're like, Ruth is now three and she's you like, You taking time to do these things is creating adventure. And then, and then she's creating like, you have, yeah, can right. I go with you? Right. And it's like, not this time, but you've like, created a thing now when like this is look at you're in swimming lessons. When you finish your swimming lessons, like 
your relationship to water is going to be completely different. Like when we go to the ocean pretty soon, like you're going to be more comfortable going into the waves with me. And we're going to start like this baby step thing. But like the more she's seeing me invest my time into this hobby, the more interested she's going to be by it. And eventually, maybe she'll be like, I want to try that. It's like, you know, or just being like, whatever it is, my dad does that all the time. What is that for me? Maybe it's going to be like, who knows what it'll be, but just being like, okay, invest your time in that as a balancer, mm-hmm. I think is really important. But if your kids don't ever <clears throat> see you taking time for yourself, that's true. I don't think that they, like, that's something I would like for them to just intrinsically learn. Yeah. And not something that they have to discover for themselves like later. Also go out and have an adventure of life. There's also that. Well, it's like, oh, my dad was always doing fun, cool stuff. I want to go do all that stuff he was doing. I've also talked to other dads like where they're just like, look, like the sad thing is, is like the truth of it is, is I'm, I will be like resentful. I'll be like a resentful piece of shit if I don't make time for myself in this way. So it's like me stepping away for, for a few hours makes my then like my, my moments with you after the fact way better. Sure. And so it's like, that's just how it is, you yeah. know? No, I, I, I get it. I, I definitely, I need to be, you know, I guess better at it, but I make I, time I, for yourself. Yeah. Big guy. I know. Honestly, it's like, I feel like me and Jess can get sucked into this world of like, you know, and like, well, we're not like going out of our way to be like, all right, you go do this fun thing. All right. You go do this fun thing. You know, sometimes it's very reactive. And it it's like, also feels like if you're not making time, if you're missing out on making time for your kids, what like, it's like, if you're, it's making time for your kids, making time for your partner. Right. It's very easy to lose track of yourself. It definitely is. Um, Maybe one, one more for the road? Yeah, one more for the road. Um, <laughs> Here, I'll let you read this. What's one. that smile? Okay. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, I don't care. Go ahead. Go ahead and read it. Okay. Evan. Did she say this on the pod? Yes. Okay. All right. That's That's why some of this girl. Sure. Sure. So Evan, Jess once said she was ready to pack her bags at a point in your marriage. Yeah. I'm having relationship struggles. How did you find your way through? Manipulation. um, You know, gaslighting. All the essentials. Double down to win the war. Excellent advice. Um, it, 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 it has a lot to do with my addiction to uh, work and busyness. That's always been my problem. Like my mind, like I'm a very chill guy, but like I love to have, and I'm not the guy that's like, oh, when we're on vacation, we need to go hiking. It's no, not that. No, you're a workaholic. It's just I'm a workaholic, 100%, and I love it. And it's the thing that keeps me alive and it makes me feel good, but it also can get out of control to where I can be completely consumed and I can neglect things. And, you know, I can just say yes to everything to work. I have a hard time saying no to work. It's just, it's tough for me. Anyway, the addiction got out of control and I was just completely consumed. Um, I think of all the issues I have, I am, when it comes down to it, like willing to listen to like criticism of myself. So I think, and I don't automatically change and it's like a long journey and it definitely, if you talk to Jess, it'll definitely be like, yeah, it doesn't happen well, very quickly. But what I will say is that like, I feel like I'm willing to hear when someone has criticism of me and at first I can be defensive, all that stuff, but I do ingest it. And I think that's the, been the only thing that has saved me from my complete collapse and addiction and all these things is like someone can kind of like slap you across the face metaphorically and go, wake up. You need to hear what I'm trying to say to you. And I usually listen, you know, um, I think being willing to like talk to your partner and be able to really hear it and go like, not put through some sort of filter of like, why are they saying this? You know, all this, but actually like genuinely hear it and go like, do I have that problem? You know, I think having that attitude in a relationship, it's like being humble, being willing to like hear and go like, man, I'm making this person feel like shit. That's valuable. 
It's not just about logic. It's not just about like, well, actually I was here on Thursday and Friday and we actually had that, you know, it's not always about that. It has to do with like, why am I making this person feel like shit? You know, I got to change my approach because clearly whatever I'm doing is not working. So it could, it could even be that the work is okay. It's the fact that however I'm being with this person when I'm not at work, that's making them not feel valuable, whatever it is. You know, I think it's like the humility to go. I'm not doing it correctly. The person I love the most is not feeling good. How can I change my approach? And now you can't fix everything, right? Some people just have their own issues. Like if someone's really struggling, let's say with clinical depression, you can't solve their issues for them. But if you guys are having a lot of tension, it's like usually both people can go, okay, my approach isn't working here, you know? Yeah. So that's been the thing for me is it's like humility to actually hear it, not just think this person's being overreactive. Because whatever is overreactive to you, that doesn't mean it's overreactive. It just means that like you're not hearing them. I feel like that's, I struggle, what you're saying you have, I struggle extremely hard with is like hearing the, because whenever I hear a criticism in my relationship, it's always like one more thing I'm not doing right. Don't you know get what wrong. I'm no, talking no, no, no. about? And let me, let me just say this. Like, I have that in spades. I have the exact same feeling. I'm immediately defensive. I'm immediately I'm defensive like, too, but oh, I will I'm say, not doing that. What about like everything else I'm fucking doing? Yes. That's my go-to feeling. I feel the exact same way. All I'm saying is that I think maybe just over time, I'm able to kind of go over the conversation, kind of go, okay, I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. you. know what I mean? Not keep the fight up. When I was younger, I kept the fight up through the whole thing. But now I'm at this place where I'm like, I can walk away from an intense conversation going, I heard what she was talking about. I'm going to do my best to change it. Now it doesn't happen sometimes, but I'm just saying at least I'm aware There's of no like, overnight fix. But I think what I think that's actually extremely good advice to this person of like, what's her question exactly? Um, she was ready to pack her how bags. How do you find your way through? I think it would be what I'm hearing from you is like really allow like maybe the only action you need to take is just letting them vocalize what it is, find their way to saying what it is exactly that they wish they were getting from you because it's most likely like you are doing these other things, but it could be something extremely simple. Like you said, it's not necessarily the time maybe you're spending on work, but it's how you use the time when you're not working exactly. to make them feel appreciated or seen yeah, or valued. hundred percent. And that's like, I think that's really important. Yeah. I mean, it's a tough one, but like one thing that I've like a parting, parting idea here is like, there's not only is it like being there for your partner, being there and like listening to them and like ingesting what they're actually saying and not just looking at it. Like you're just criticizing me. Right. Which could be really defensive. We could feel that way, which is just like, oh, I'm a bad guy. All this stuff, you know, it's like, no, have confidence in yourself. Be aware of who you are and be like, no, I don't feel bad about that. And I feel like I've done a really good job at that. I'm not willing to concede on that. doesn't mean you have to fight about it. But in your heart, you can know like, OK, I know that's false for me, but I want to hear their emotion about this because I am missing the mark in some way it might just they just might not be knowing exactly even what it is i might be doing it in a different way and they're saying it's too much this or it's not enough this when in reality it's the fact that you're making them feel bad about these three other ways or you've been neglectful in these other ways so they're you know it's hitting this area whatever i think it's just being like knowing yourself enough to be like confident in who you are as a person make decisions you stand by but at the same time be totally humble and willing to like change your behavior or your patterns that might be damaging to the person you're with. And that was it for me. I think it was like, I was addicted to work. And then while I wasn't at work, I was also at work mentally. Mm -hmm. So then I just was giving, you know what I mean? All your time to work. And, and which is interesting. Cause then it ends up being like, Oh, it would have been much more healthy for me to take a seven day trip to Oaxaca and surf. than it was for me to just keep working. When in reality I'm in Oaxaca in my mind, every time I should be with my person or with my kid or, you know, so it's like, it finds a way to like, come into your life if you don't take mm -hmm. so i think taking the time to be intentional about breaks will make it so that you can be in a better headspace well, for your person i mean also like you know we're this me and becker really working on that and i'd say like in the you know she just got to do her 12 day 
workshop. Right. Which was something she was really looking forward to. And like, I feel very proud of the fact that I was able to like have her back. And do that for her. And help her, like help create that opportunity for her. And now in return, I'm getting this opportunity to go do this thing that I really love of like, how many times a year do I get to surf every day, all day long with two of my best friends? Amazing. That's like, fuck dude. Like that's, you know, and like talking to him, my, my buddy who I'm going with, his partner's like, yeah, this is like once in a lifetime stuff. Like the stars don't just always line up. Where everybody can do it. And when you're doing like, you know, when you're basically like if your partner, if you need, if you have a partner in this, it's like the stars don't always align where you guys are taking care of each other in a way that it's easy for someone to say yes. But I think it's like if you, if there is a way for you to say yes and it just requires like a little bit of like leaning into something uncomfortable, I think, you you know, you got to make time for your, for your partner in that way. And like, listen to them say like, I don't just want, like, I want all these other things for my life. And I need like, to me, that's the partnership. That's like a support. Right. In a way is yeah, like. Jess is cool with it. It's my problem. That's really the problem. Yeah. Jess is always kind of cool with it, but it's just me putting a self thing on me, you know, where it's like, I don't allow myself to go there. You know what I mean? And it's like, that's the problem. And then it comes out in bad ways, which is like, yeah, then I'm like on my phone or I'm working while I should be with my child and my wife. Dude, you know, I'm all that so stuff. guilty of all that. I have, Becca's, I, Becca's just created the alarms for me for like no, not getting any notifications or any deal because it'll be like nine o'clock and I'm answering emails. Oh, 100%. When I'm like, a- or like the second the kids go to bed, I'm like yep. checking. She's like, I've literally watched you just refresh your email. Like you've answered all your emails and you'll just sit there refreshing it out of like anxiety of like this one oh, comes yeah. in or like the response, you know, and it's yeah. like, fuck, dude, what am I doing? Yeah, 100%. Well, dude, oh, have fun. Thank you. Going to be very jealous. You're going to have a blast. Um, will, don't fear not. I will be, I will be keeping up with the show. Yes. And we'll be back next week, back into the episode. With the recap. Don't, don't fear. Recap. will be here. It will be here. But we love you guys. Have an amazing weekend. Um, have fun in uh, Mexico, dude. Surf your brains out. I'm hoping. Soak it up all the way. Um, we love you guys. Have a great weekend. And we'll be back next week with the Bachelorette Recaps. Yes. Peace and love. Chat soon. <laughs> <laughs>